more than we do his presence. Because if his presence fills the place, you don't have to worry about the power of God. You don't have to worry about gimmicks. Amen. Don't have to worry about emotions, things of that nature. God just looks for people that have a pure heart. It's not even about the words that you say. The two gentlemen went into the temple. One said a whole lot. One just simply said, have mercy on me because I'm a sinner. And the Bible says that person walked out justified. I have learned that I can say less to God and he knows more about me. Because God looks on your heart. God can tell what you're groaning about. He knows what you're groaning about. Has someone tried to explain something to you and it took them way too long to explain it? Right? Do you know that God can go down? So important is that we understand how we get stronger spiritually. I've had enough religion to last me a lifetime. Can you say amen? amen? I've had enough church politics and everything that goes along with all of that. I've seen enough crazy. I've been around enough crazy. Right? There is a way that God begins to develop us when our eyes become open, when our ears become open. We start seeing things differently than what we used to. Like, if you're still the same way that you were 30 years ago and you've been in church all that time, look at your neighbor and say, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> right? We're supposed to be changing. Right? We're not supposed to stay the same. Can I tell you, I'm... I'm, I'm a little bit better than what I was 30 years ago. Right? How about you? Am I the only one? Right? Some of you are a little bit better in the last three months within us. But there is nothing greater than, than wisdom and knowledge. When, when you know the truth, when somebody, how many of you have ever had somebody try to control you? Right? And when you broke free of that, you begin to see stuff like you've never seen before. How many of you have been blinded and then all of a sudden your eyes become open and you even ask yourself, how in the name of heaven did I let myself get into that? Right? That's because when you're blind, you're stupid. Right? It's like Balaam talking to the donkey. The first sign is you're talking to a donkey, right? Who in their right mind talks to a donkey? If a donkey speaks to you, you're supposed to go, you ain't supposed to be talking. You ain't supposed to talk back to the donkey, right? It's because when you get blind. But listen, the Word of God opens up your eyes. It opens up your ears. It gives you a better understanding because it allows you to see yourself, 
And listen, this is a beautiful thing called life. Yes, it is. Right? And it has its conflicts. So, is your heart ready? Did you come today? Did you come prepared? Right? Not prepared to come to church. Not just to have a few little goosebumps to get stirred a little bit. Because you don't need to be stirred. We need to be changed. Right? We don't need to be just stirred. Something needs to transform that, that, that causes us to lose the, 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 the image of the world and to transform into a different light. Something that can be seen. Something that can be truly looked upon. And somebody can say that I see Jesus. Right? Because the less of us, the better. I promise you, the more I die, the more I look like Christ. But I'm like the rest of you. I don't want to die. Right? Hardest thing in the world for a Christian to do is to die. Right? To live life beyond what... Yes, he said it perfectly. Self. Right? Let's look up toward the heavens. Father, thank you. See this great group of people. Lord, Dave and Brave coming out in the rain. Why? We didn't come just to gather, just to hear a few fancy words. We, we want something that's going to change our life. We want something, Father, that we can not only just take for the day. place of understanding of who we are in you and what you are doing in each of our lives. We love you and appreciate you. Thank you for your presence here this morning. If your presence was not here, Father, there's no need for us to come. So, Lord, we just give a big shout out to you, and we thank you now for your presence. Come on. Let, let the body of Christ just thank the Lord for his presence. You can be seated in the Lord. One of the most powerful things is coming to a better understanding of just how powerful we are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a bunch of scripture. Is that okay? Because I want to put something in you. Proverbs 15.1 and sound man, you just keep going when you see. Soft answer turns away what? I'm going to say that again. A soft answer turns away what? Right. It says with a harsh word Stirs up, everybody say, have mercy, right? Proverbs 15.4 says, a gentle tongue is a, whoo, a tree of life. Hmm. But perverseness in it breaks the what? In other words, there's life, there's health here in the way that a gentle tongue is. But... If your tongue is deceitful, it can crush a spirit. We're so powerful with our words that we can bring life and we can also bring death. Proverbs 16, 24 says this. Gracious words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Gracious words. Somebody say gracious. Gracious. Gracious words. Gracious. Let me tell you something. There ain't anything that feels any better than when you're going through some things in life, especially if it's your own fault. 
And somebody offers you some gracious words. Anybody ever said, I told you so? Right? Want to throw it right back at you. I'm talking about gracious words. Proverbs 18, verse 4. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. Deep, deep down inside. A person's words can be life-giving water. It brings wisdom and refreshing. Proverbs 18, 20 says this. I love this one. It says, for the fruit of a man's mouth... His stomach is satisfied. That's proper for Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> we didn't do turkey this year. We, my, my master chief friend, Craig and Nell, they came over, and we made a homemade pizza. Yeah. And it satisfied me. Yeah. Along with those cocktail shrimp and those deep-fried oysters. <laughs> right? We was happy. Right? Food is supposed to bring some happiness. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a happy person. <laughs> he is satisfied, listen, by the yield of his lips. Proverbs 20, verse 15 says this, are a precious jewel. One translation says, wise speech is rare and more valuable than gold or rubies. So to sum it up, words are key to your health. Look at your neighbor and say health, life, and peace. How many of you can attest that words have brought about anger and strife a few times in your life. I better get more response or I'm going to stay there. Right? I mean, you men realize that when it came out your mouth, it should not have came out your mouth. Right? Right? So, I mean, you women realize that when you're talking to your man that it's better to get straight to the point because he won't understand your elbow to your throne. Right? Right? Let me say that again. You try to get him to understand, but you go all the way around your elbow to your thumb to get there, and then you get frustrated. He says, well, why didn't you say that in the first place? Right? Because... Words are a key to understanding. If you don't use your words right, you can't expect the person that you're talking to to get it. Because what's in your heart might not be easily understood. Right? So that's why one of the first things that we have to learn growing as a Christian is to use our words correctly. And that's a hard thing to do. Right? It's a hard thing to sometimes just get it right. Some of you, uh, uh, along with myself, you can be so direct that people sometimes take it wrong. 
Right? Isn't that true? Pride, you're going to leave me just hanging out there? Right? And, and your excuse is, I was just telling the truth. Right? But telling the truth with the wrong, the, the wrong tone doesn't get you anywhere. Come on, talk to me. Because, listen to me, men, you'll hear these words. It's not what you said, but it's how you said it. Hold on a second. Right? So, we're all in this learning experience of learning that it's, it's one thing to be correct. It's another thing to know how to be correct. All right? Because if you turn someone away simply by your words, it takes so much more to get it back. Right? Because wounds are not easily healed. Right? Go back in your own life. Somebody that's wronged you. How many ever said, you got me once, you won't get me again. You going to leave me just right out there? Right? Huh? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me, right? So we build up walls, right? Right? You get hurt, you know? If you're in a bad relationship, all of a sudden, you know, you find out he ain't what he what you thought he was and you get mad at the whole wide world. So now every other man has to pay for his stupidity. Don't leave me out there. Bob with a woman, she, you know, she looks, has eyes and next thing you know, now you done got her on a leash. So she's got to tell you everywhere she's going, who she's been talking to, you time her when she gets home. I'm saying all that because I counsel a lot of people, right? And you, you, you listen, I, I told one dude, I'm like, stop being so mean to your wife. Like, I ain't being mean to my wife. And I'm like, you're bound to be. And I'm like, I mean, the woman wants to go work out. And you scared she's going to talk to a man. Listen, my wife runs the gym. <laughs> if she walks by and the dude don't go, I'm shocked. Because she still walks by me and I'm like, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. I don't care. She, she can talk to any man in the whole wide world she wants to talk to. You know why? Because Lord have mercy, I treat that woman like a queen. Right? Ain't anything I cross the ends of the earth for. I ain't worried about some sweet talking dude coming up. It'll make me no difference. I Talk all the sweetness that you want. And sign up for the regency. Right? <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, you just bat those pretty blue eyes at him and get them signed up, girl. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, look, I, I treat her like a queen. She, she treats me like a, a king. We don't, we don't have to live that way, right? Words are powerful, extremely powerful. Because words tell a lot more about you than what you tell yourself. Come on, say amen. amen. They're key to help life. You know? 
That's the reason why there's something in your spirit that just gets in check when you hear somebody who's preaching the gospel, but it seems like they're preaching it in anger and hostility. Like they're happy people are going to die and go to hell. You know what I mean? Old school, remember, right? We used to preach like we were happy folks dying going to hell, right? No. There's, there's a gentleness that is supposed to be in us. Listen, do you know that you can be gentle, but you don't have to be weak? The most powerful thing that you possess, I possess, is our words. And you have to guard your word. One of it is because I know that there's some of you in here that even though you're a lot better, that there's some issues within your heart and that you carry some things and that it affects you. And it doesn't mean that you're not doing better or doing well. It's just, it just means that you have to have an understanding of how to get the wounds out of your spirit before you truly can become the person that God has intended you to be. That there has to be a healing inside of you. Not just coming to church. There has to be a healing inside. There has to be a restoration inside of you. And when your spirit is healed, I'm telling you that you see life in different colors. You don't live life because of the pain that you have received. Because now life takes on a different meaning in spite of the pain you take it to a different level what is that different level that pain becomes part of your purpose right begins to define you to help you to become who God says you are already because whether we realize it or not the creativity inside of us is not on your own everything that's creatively gifted about you came from the Lord the gift inside of you. You ain't as smart as you are because you're smart. You are smart because God made you smart. Right? You don't understand music just simply because you are brain. It's because God puts it into the heart of man. Puts it creativity inside of you. you. You don't just go outside and look at a building and then understand how to build that thing. Those creative gifts come from the Lord. You don't know how to take a man's heart out and put it on a table and work on it and claim that you're so smart. That is God ordained. That is the gifts of healing in process because who is smart enough to take a man's heart out, put it on a table, work on it, put it back in his body, and you still wake up? Medicine is a gift. It's a gift of healing. Now we have to go through the process of the human era. We have learned that computers sometimes can be just as crazy as the person doing the computer. How many of you ever want to shoot a computer? Huh? I'm going to admit, I've cussed at that GPS before. I'm bad enough driving without direction. And then listening to this fool woman on the GPS...
How many of you ever talk back to it when you're trying to like say something and, and they keep right on getting it wrong? I'll start speaking in Spanish to it just for meanness. Like, I'm making up words too, I'm telling you. Right? <laughs> Proverbs 25, 18 says this. A man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a war club. It's like a sword or a sharp arrow. Proverbs 11 verse 9 says, evil words. Evil. With, a, with his mouth, the godless man would destroy his neighbor. But by knowledge, the righteous are delivered. Proverbs eleven seventeen. It says your own soul is nourished. Your own soul. It's nourished when you are kind. And am learning that a lot of my own happiness lies within the words that I use during the day. I have learned that my own anxiety level can either rise or lower based on the words that I use that day. I have found myself in a hot mess when I allow my words to go too freely. Y'all just all so sweet. Ain't you sweet? Y'all just sweet people. Huh? Man, I have let my words go and then all of a sudden almost felt ill. Almost like I got a stomach. I've gotten mad, gotten angry, and then felt my body actually the effect that it had. I've gotten so mad before that it ruined my whole day. I'm going to stay right there. Right? I got so mad before that it's all I thought about all day long and it wasted my whole day. Hmm? I have had conversations with myself about the conversation I'm going to have with that person when I see them. You know, you, you know I'm on it, right? Huh? This is the world we live in, right? I didn't wake up this morning to angels surrounding me going, the man of God is up. No. I woke up this morning like everybody else. Dog looking me in the face. Right? Trying to get to the coffee pot. I did make it to the living room and Lisa went in there and finished, but I got halfway up. <laughs> I wanted my coffee. Look, the, the whole process of life starts when you are a child. And believe it or not, the words that are spoken over you. I'm going to share, I don't know if we'll get to it today. But my goal is for those of you that have your spirit wounded. 
is to help you to understand how to get it back. Because there's certain wounds that transpire in people's lives that their spirit stops growing even though their flesh keeps right on. And that's why sometimes a man can seem very immature. How can he be a big strapping man, muscles, and look like he could conquer the world, but doesn't know how to deal with his own anger? Right? Right? Doesn't know how to show affection. Doesn't know how to show love. Doesn't know how to be compassionate or merciful, critical. That stuff, you just don't wake up like that. That is stuff that is put inside of you. When you grow up and you don't feel words that bring life to you, or you don't feel that love. Let me tell you something, uh, and I don't see a whole lot of kids, but I don't, and thank, let me tell you something. Thank the Lord for our children's workers and everybody out there that's just pouring into your children. Come on. And you say amen. Because if you ever truly understand how that we are supposed to build each other up and how a child is supposed to receive words of life and how that begins to develop their life, then when we look at the scriptures, as men, we take on a different role than what we've been accustomed to being taught. And we leave the concept of religion and our life changes because we understand that the words that we speak are so powerful to our children, so powerful to our kids. I'd have to tell you that I failed miserably at it because I didn't know. Years went by and religion wasn't able to help me. And so now I spend time trying to restore some things. Because although I was ignorant of it, it had an effect on the people that I loved the most. I'm not the only one that has lived that life. But it's high time. I wish you could feel what I feel. I hope you can. Because there's nothing any more powerful than knowing that you're free in your heart and that your eyes are open and you realize just how powerful your words are to the people that you love. Amen. Right? Somebody say it starts at home. Starts at home. Right? Say it again. It starts at home. Starts at words can make you and they can also break you. Can you say amen? amen? Look at your neighbor and smile at them real, real, real big. Just smile at them. All right? Your smile will help them. Proverbs 4, verse 23, 11.30. i got a few minutes. Guard your heart. Say that with me. Keep it. Guard your heart. So let me say it like this. Those of you that are single, guard your heart. Don't just give it away. All right? Male or female, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. 
One translation says, guard your heart above all else. The NLV says, it determines the course of your life. The English Standard Version says, from it flows the springs of life. King James says, for out of it are the issues of life. The contemporary version says, it's the source of life. Everybody say, guard your heart. The Good News Translation says, be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Luke 6, verse 45 says this. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil uh, person out of the evil things, he produces what? What's in your heart? Is what you produce. Everything that's in your heart. When a person gets angry and they begin to speak, the real issues of what's in their heart begin to come out. Right? How many of you have ever gotten in an argument with a drunk person? And that drunk person begin to tell you stuff that happened years ago and they just let it go i mean worse than frozen they let it go <laughs> they start telling you stuff that you didn't realize that was deep inside of their heart right how many of you men have ever been subject to something you didn't realize that she was still carrying until she got mad at you. How I many of you women? Same way, right? Because it's deep where? In your heart. You are shaped by what's in your heart. Jesus said to Nicodemus, a man must be born again, not just by flesh, but by spirit. I want you to hear that again. Jesus declared, Nicodemus says, how does a man be born again? Can he go back into his mother's womb? And Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. So understand something. When you get saved, it is not just you against that that is beautiful, but salvation is about your spirit being born again. It is not you coming to an altar and keeping the things that have been chaining you up and, and flesh controlling you because salvation is more than you just coming and going through a ceremonial process. When you get saved, your spirit becomes reborn. It's your spirit. And when your spirit becomes reborn... This is when the process of now you have to learn to guard your heart. Because what you allow inside of your heart. How come all church people are not sweet? If just coming to church and getting saved made people sweet, then why in the name of heaven ain't everybody sweet? Come on, talk to me. Talk, talk. Right? If, if all of a sudden you just come up, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Now there's this transformation. 
I just love everybody. I just love you with the love of the Lord. Jesus. Right? I've seen people get saved and look meaner after they came to the altar. Come on, talk to me. So this process of coming to the altar has to be more than this religious symbol of if you come to church and you come to the altar and you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that everything is fixed in your life and now you are set on your way. I want to tell you that it goes so much deeper than that. It's, it's, it's a life-changing experience, not because you come by flesh, but by being born again by your spirit. And when your spirit becomes renewed, you become a different person. Right? We concentrate too much on church membership. Hmm? Because church membership means more money for the church. I, I don't need your money. I'll work for McDonald's. I don't need your money. Love the person who I know without him, my life would be destroyed. And I won't sell him. Not for all the money in the world. I won't. I will not sell him. I am grateful of this change in my spirit. Because I'm walking on the earth when he could have took me off of the earth. Right? I ain't the only one. Come on, talk to me. My spirit became refreshed. And listen, can I tell you that it wasn't until about eight, nine years ago that I finally got free from some things that were deep inside of me. Because I simply didn't know how to let them go. I survived. I will survive. Right? I survived, but I won't live in. Right? Because I still carry some things deep inside of me. And every once in a while, a little ugly monster, raised, who has ears to hear, let him hear. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says this, that a natural or a carnal person does not accept the things of the spirit of God for the folly to him and he's not able to what understand them because they are spiritually discerned that's why a person can go to church for a long long time submit to traditions that have no effect on their lives and the word of God becomes of no effect on their lives because they're concentrating on symbols and ceremonial things to change them. But listen, just because you wash your hands don't make you clean. Are you listening to me? You can wash your hands and declare yourself clean. Listen, you can come to prayer, but you won't forgive. You can honor God with your lips, 
but not with your heart. You can give, but regret giving. Right? Religion is cruel with unforgiveness in your heart. Oh, come on. Oh, you ain't listening to me. No, 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 no. When you come to prayer, when you come to worship, you are not worshiping worship. You're not worshiping worship. You're not caught up in the lights. You're not caught up in the sound. See, we sing with excellence. We play with excellence. But, but that's because we want to give the glory to the Lord. But listen, I don't need no guitar to help me praise. I don't need a person to help me worship. I can worship right on my own. I can sing my own song because in, in God's ears, it's a joyful noise. Right? Because worship does not begin with an instrument. Worship begins with our own heart. Right? Are you listening? Now, thank God for those that can play and those that can sing. And they bring us into this corporate anointing where the presence of God is powerful. But listen, if that is all you are relying on all week, then something is wrong with your spirit. Because when you wake up in the morning, there's supposed to be a praise on the inside of you that has nothing to do with what you are listening to. It has to do with who you belong to. When you wake up in the morning, there's a freshness in your spirit because this is another day that the Lord has made because your spirit is alive. You're not walking around with the burdens of carrying the whole world on your shoulder. You're dealing with the conflicts that are in your life, realizing that some of those conflicts are there because the enemy is stirring up strife. He's on a warpath sometimes. Do you think... It's a strange thing concerning this fiery trial which has come upon you as though some strange thing has happened to you. Can I tell you that the enemy will purposely put stuff in your life. See how you're going to deal with it. And Lord have mercy. What we have put in our heart is how we're going to deal with it. You ain't listening to me. I said what's already in our heart is how we're going to deal with it. Right? If you've always responded in anger, guess how you're going to respond? Right? Are you listening to me? That's why you got to be ready. See, warriors are always ready. See, what good is a warrior that leaves his sword at home? <laughs> I'll say it again. You know, people, people's protection. Got no word in them. Got nothing in them. Almost like they're at the mercy of the enemy. When you walk out of the house in the morning, you should be spiritually dressed. <laughs> too much, too much, uh, too much. Right? You should be spiritually dressed. You should, you should be ready for the day. Right? You don't know what the day might bring. You just know who brings the day. Right? You walk in an anointing. That breaks the yoke and the bondages off of the people that you encounter. That there's a presence about you because of who is in you. How do you know? Because greater is he that. Right? And so you don't respond to everything like the natural person. Right? 
You don't let the enemy drag you into unnecessary battles. Right? Listen. Why do I care if a guy just looks mean at me? As long as he keeps driving. Right? I told you before. I, I had a little old lady. I ran out in front. It was my fault. She just didn't bird me. She double bird me. Like, I was shocked. I'm like, I couldn't hear what all she was saying, but I know she had to be cussing. Grandma got about to go see Jesus with two fingers up in the air. I just thought to myself, you're so, you're so old, you're getting ready to die, and you're still angry. And listen, I was, how many of you have ever done this? I was going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she was like, I'm like, have mercy, woman. I'm like, so you, you have to know. I don't know her, but I know that somehow or another, there's so much stuff in her heart that she was just releasing a little bit toward me. Because I didn't make her do all that. Are you, are you understanding? Do you, do you understand that sometimes when people are responding to you, they're not just responding to you. They're responding to several other things that are on the inside of them. And they are just now releasing that to you. That's why you have to be very careful about how you respond. Or else you get called up in their nightmare. Right? Lord have mercy. Somebody should have taught me that when I first got saved, right? Because I was ready to respond regardless of how many other folks you had in you. You were talking to me. And I didn't like what you said, right? And we're going to get it straight, right? And it wound up being a mess, right? And it wound up being a stupid argument to begin with. Right? And the enemy is over there just laughing at us. Because we're so ignorant, we don't know how to control our own spirit. <laughs> Some of you, I'm, I'm just talking to you. I, I'm just going to play the devil for a moment. You're so easy. <laughs> it ain't even hard getting you upset. All I got to do is say this one thing because that's your trigger. <laughs> Have you ever wondered why that person just all of a sudden knows your trigger? You ever thought about that? How it almost seems like a little secret, but it just brings out the beast inside of you. And you just think that person just all of a sudden just conjured that up in their mind. Do you know that as Judas was contemplating his betrayal, the Bible says that that betrayal came when Satan entered into his heart. All betrayals begin with what goes into a person's heart. Right? I've seen the countenance of people change. From that you get around someone and all of a sudden you see their countenance change and you go uh oh 
something's up with that. Because it's one thing when they all just love you, love you, love you, and then all of a sudden, listen to me, that person who's been loving you, loving you, and loving you, all of a sudden you see that person create a little bit of distance. So as a behavioral specialist, I can tell when people get around me what's on their mind. Now everybody after church is going to be running up kissing me, right? <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you. Just go on and kiss me now, right? Right? He entered into Judas's, say it with me, his heart issues of life start with what's in your heart. Now say this with me. Love the Lord thy God with all my heart. Proverbs 25, 28. What time is it? 11, 48. I'm going to get you out of here before 12 o'clock. Somebody say promise. I got one. I ain't worried about it. I got a hundred others there. We worried about it. A man without self-control. Listen to me, man. It's like a city broken in two and left without walls. Doesn't matter how strong your muscles are. Doesn't matter how tough guy you are. If you can't control your own emotions, you're a weak person. Right? You can't control what comes out of your mouth. You're a weak man. No matter how strong you are physically. Most of those men become bullies. And this is how they even operate in the home. When they can't get their way, they shout. They threaten. It's getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. (laughs) They get angry, right? Can I tell you that an angry man is no good for any woman? He's no good for any business. Right? A man that can... Now listen. There's a righteous anger and then there's an anger that destroys. So it's perfectly fine for a man to be angry as long as it's righteous. You mess with my wife, I'm not going to pray for you. (laughs) You mess with my kid, I promise you I'm not going to pray for you. Somebody say, well, you ain't acting like a preacher. I ain't a preacher. At this moment, I'm a husband. Right? At this moment, I'm a father. Just because you got the two mixed up don't mean I do. If you want to hear me preach, you come on Sunday. We'll wheel you in after I get through with you. Right? 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 So all you men should be protected. We don't always agree. Right? And we have our arguments. You know? She normally wins. (laughs) Right? But if I ever say to Lisa, I'm not going to do that. There's some things we can negotiate about, but I tell you, ask her. You tell on me every Sunday anyhow, so, you know, form a line out there. Go ask her the question. If I ever look at her and I say, I'm not going to do that, she stops. You know why? Because she knows I don't waste my words. 
If I say I'm not going to do that, she knows. She, she knows it. talking is useless. Now, I don't say that arrogantly. I'm just simply saying if my conscience says we are not going to do that, then I am the man of my house. I don't apologize for it, right? And if you're a woman and that makes you upset, you're not married to me. Right? Thank God. I wouldn't want to be married to you. Well, the feeling is Mitchell. Right? I've always believed anything with two heads and a home is a freak. Right? Now, then if she thinks I'm wrong, she goes into the bedroom and she starts seeking the Lord on me. I'm, trying to, I'm not kidding. No, she goes and tells on me. Then, here I am in my self-righteous self going down. Yeah, I'm the man of the house and everything. And now I hear that little voice go, you're wrong. Right? Is that, am I the only one? Okay. Just checking. Everybody say, what's in your heart? If you have no rule over your own spirit, that means your walls are broke down. You have no protection. You can't just allow any and everything to get into your heart. You can't allow pain to change you. You can't allow the betrayals in life to change you. You can't allow people that have done you wrong to change you. Right? You can't allow the enemy to put trouble. Times you have to face conflict in life and not allow what's been done to you to change who you are. This is how you control your own spirit. Listen, maybe they do walk out on you, but that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Maybe they don't treat you right. Maybe they didn't speak into your life the way that they should. Maybe all of these things and you grew up and there are some things that were lacking in your life. I got good news for you. There's this moment when you become an understanding soul when God visits you and changes your spirit. When you are born again, your spirit changes. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away and behold, all things become new. I am not the same man that I used to be. I'm not the same scared little boy that I used to be. I'm not the same angry person that I used to be. I never wanted to be at home. I would climb out of my window and I'd go sleep in the park because I didn't want to be there. I snuck out one night, went and climbed in the guy's tent in his backyard. They woke me up the next morning. I found comfort sleeping on a church bus. I'd open up the door of a church bus and I'd climb inside the bus 
and I would sleep. I didn't want to be there. Everybody has a story. And a whole lot of times, everybody doesn't know your story. And you wear it so well. You dress it up so nice. But there's nothing any worse than a person's spirit being broken. And that person not understanding the great gift of life and the talents that God puts inside of you that the enemy tries to steal and to rob. He tries to take and he makes you a person that becomes so hard that walls build up inside of you. You wonder why sometimes you can love. Listen to me. Do you know that you can love a person the right way, but it does not mean that they know how to receive that love? Come on, come on, come on. I'm trying to help some of you. You can give. You can do everything the right way. And that person that calls their spirit is so damaged that the better you are to them, the worse they will treat you. Cold and calloused. And it's because their spirit is messed up. Every word that comes out of their mouth is almost like poison. Do you know if you stay around the dead long enough, it will corrupt you? Oh, you ain't listening to me. You stay around dead things long enough, it will have its effect on your life. 1158, they say, you got one more minute. (laughs) A broken spirit kills you from the inside. Are you listening? It's the beginning of life as we are growing up. This is where anger begins to get inside of us. This is where bitterness, unforgiveness, fear, self-hate, all of these things begin and can begin at a very young age. That's why self-esteem for some of our young girls going to school because they allow things within their spirit. And let me tell you something. Girls can be vicious. Now, social media and all these things. Listen, men, we've got a task to protect our daughters. We've got a task to protect our children. Because the enemy is doing everything he can to steal their identity. Some of them cannot hold a conversation anymore. Unless it's with a phone. The enemy is creeping in to not just sinners' home. He's coming after our families. If three people will say, give us just a little more, I'll show you something. You ain't got to turn there. Genesis 1.27, God created them male and female. In other words, God created man and he created them male and female. We know that God breathed that breath of life. And man became a living soul. We know that when Eve was there in the garden, and with her, does not say Adam, it says husband. Can I tell you, listen to me. Every person under the sound of my voice, every family under the sound of my voice, you have your own spiritual 
garden. And the enemy, he hasn't stopped talking. Are you listening? Are you listening? If you'll catch this, your lives will change. It wasn't just Adam and Eve. You can add a long list of names. Can I tell you that I've been in my own personal garden? Right? It is my responsibility to make sure that the snake doesn't speak to my wife. That he ain't speaking to my kids. It ain't about just me getting up every day going to work. It's about protecting that garden that God has placed me in. This beautiful place called earth that we live. God has given each and every person, especially men, the right to protect. Are you listening? That's why sometimes when men don't step up to that place, that's why there's an emptiness in a woman's heart because every woman wants a protector. Come on, say amen. Everybody blow me a kiss and tell me how much you love me. Huh? Hold on a second. One of those was kind of sloppy. Is it yours? You're the most beautiful people on the planet. I thank the Lord every day for having such wonderful folks in my life. Some of you, there's some things in your spirit. We're going to walk through this. We're going to get through it. And then there's going to be a moment where this place is going to fill with the presence of the Lord. And worship is going to be about His presence. But because of that presence, His power is going to flood this place. And some of you whose spirits have been wounded and you've been carrying these things, I'm telling you that healing is coming for you. Your life's going to change. And when you wake up in the morning, you're going to see the colors. You'll get past all the wrongs and all the pain that has happened to you. And your steps will start being ordered of the Lord. And you see people. So we say we ain't there yet. Look at your neighbor and say, crazy. Crazy, crazy. Let's just come together now. Father, are you glad you came to church? Are you sure? Father, you're so beautiful. Thank you for everything that you are doing in our lives. Thank you for the gifts, the talents, everything that is within this building. I thank you, Father, that you don't do anything without purpose.